Oh, hello! It's your favorite Christmas correspondent, Charmy Hollycakes here, and have I got something for you. I just read an advanced copy of Brad and Molly's book, If Only Christmas Would Come, and I have to tell you all about it. If you like reading books about big Christmas trees, the magic of Christmas, a little dash of spice, and your men with a side of butter, then you are gonna love If Only Christmas Would Come. Oh, it's all about Sarah Sprinkle, who knows how to jump the hurdles of a man's world. But when a devastating accident at home threatens to crush the goals of finishing college, she must decide whether to pursue her dreams or save a small cranberry farm. The answer's easy. The only obstacle Sarah didn't account for was Nick St. Cloud. Ooh, I'm getting heated up just thinking about that Nick St. Cloud. Well, Nick spent the last eight years in New York City, tangled up in the bedsheets with society's finest, avoiding his fate and the accompanying secret that comes with it. When he's suddenly called on to return to the family business on Prince Edward Island, it's the last place that he wants to be until a run-in with a bull-headed, braided beauty sends him reeling. Oh, I just wish I were Sarah Sprinkle. Oh, after an unannounced arrival and drunken display at Sarah's Thanksgiving dinner, Nick offers to lend a hand on the farm, and in her time of desperation, she reluctantly agrees. Damn you, St. Cloud. He's annoyingly charming, stupidly gorgeous, and willing to help, but Sarah can't seem to shake the fact that his family has wanted her farm for nearly 40 years. Plus, she doesn't need a man telling her what to do. Is he playing with her head and heart to find a weak spot for his own gain? Just when Sarah finally begins to open up to Nick, in more ways than one, a mysterious stranger from his past surfaces and he disappears, leaving her all alone only days before Christmas. Will the discovery of a unique gift grant Sarah's wishes and thaw her heart? Or has Nick St. Cloud blown his chance once and for all? You can pre-order it right now on Barnes & Noble and Amazon, linked in the show notes. I can't wait until October 18th when you get to finally read If Only Christmas Would Come. You can follow the exciting updates by finding Home for Hallmark on social media. I am so excited for this book. I am going to go read it again. Hello. Hi, Brad. Why haven't you been answering my calls? Molly, I'm busy. 
busy doing what? What is more important than talking to typing. me? Typing. That's all I've been doing for the last nine months is typing, Molly. Well, I thought the draft was already done. Well, you keep sending all your changes as you're doing research, as you like to put it. Well, it's very... It's I would like very- to point out that your research and my research have been very different. Well, where, where are you, Molly? Oh, what's that sound I hear? Well, it's the beach. Uh, what What beach? It's by the lighthouse. Oh, uh, just a beach by a lighthouse? Yeah, well, you know, lighthouses aren't something that we see every day. So I, I thought I would go and look at a lighthouse and, and, and see what it's like in the summer. I mean, I have limited, limited cell service here on the island. I'm slaving away doing all of this research. How much crab have you had? That's but what I'm not supposed to eat. Lobster. I'm not allowed to eat. Did you have any lobster? What about a bowl of mussels? How many bowls of mussels have you had? Mussels are disgusting. Oh, oysters. Have you had any oysters? You know, as part of your inspiration. The question is, why oysters? didn't you answer my call? Molly, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have time. Okay. Unless you want to talk about Christmas in July. Oh, I always want to talk about Christmas in July. Listener, I want to remind any of you that actually care about us. We started this project, this little Hallmark podcast two years ago as a seasonal. We were very specific (laughs) that we were doing a seasonal podcast as to not require more than eight or 10 weeks of my time spent with my insert adjective (laughs) co-host. And for the last nine and a half months, I have sat on the floor, I have sat in a chair, I have lounged on a couch, I have laid on mats, I have sat in massage chairs and worked through migraines and a pinched nerve in my neck. And now I realize where all of that came from. That came from nine and a half months (laughs) that I should have had to be by myself, spent locked in a living room with Molly. Is your idea. And now I have to do a podcast with her as well. Yep. Also your idea. So as much as I want to talk about all of the Hallmark Christmas in July movies, my soul is just not there. <laughs> it is not filled with the Christmas spirit. So we're going to talk only about Campfire Christmas. And this is your favorite thing. Oh, my my absolute favorite Absolutely. Thing. Like I, I didn't even have a life until today. When we're back here. But you, on the other hand, have been. Yeah, I've just, just been eating bonbons. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We have a guest. Oh, yeah. It is my absolute favorite. Yeah. Absolute favorite thing. Um, I can just talk to somebody besides you. Right. Yeah. And, great. you know, we don't like to talk to the normal hall stars. I mean, we've seen them in 700 movies. Yeah, we want something fresh, something new. And something we're going to get that today with yes. our guest. So exciting. His movie was trending. I was looking for the Nielsen ratings just a little while ago, but... His movie, Campfire Christmas, was trending on Twitter, number eight in the United States. So I'm assuming this bad boy did pretty good. Was it really? It really was. <laughs> I and I haven't I haven't seen a Twitter a Hallmark movie trending on Twitter. Wow, I'm I'm amazed by that, honestly. But it was, and that's, that's all in part to our guest, Alec Santos. Absolutely, welcome. <laughs> all in part, that's right. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Welcome, Alec. Thank you, thank you for having me. And you are far, far away from us. Where, where are you currently? 
I'm in Colombia. I'm in um, the capital, Colombia, Bogota. And I love talking to people who are fluent in another language because when they say the name of a city or a country, it's like... <laughs> Colombia. Yeah, it's like Colombia. You actually say it right. Uh, yeah. We we mess it up up here in northern Nevada, but you've got it. It's wonderful. Yeah, you got to flaunt what you got, right? <laughs> Well, welcome. Yeah, but you also have a great you also have a great like American accent too. Like I didn't catch any accent in the movie, did you, Brad? Well, I definitely some Canadian A's. <laughs> <laughs> really, I work really hard to not uh, say any A's, so I don't know. Oh, don't know. that was the yeah, blo- that was those. the blooper reel. <laughs> so oh, yeah, okay. it, your uh, profile says that you are fluid in three languages. So what languages are those? Uh, so I was born in Brazil. Uh, so that was my first language is Portuguese. And um, I learned English. My mother taught me English. My dad's Scottish. Um, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And my mom taught me English. And then we moved to Chile when I was 12. And so I learned Spanish there. I finished high school in Miami, came to Canada to finish, uh, to complete my university degree and stayed, stayed in Vancouver. So that's a little bit of a nutshell, my, my life story. Well, Scotland's my absolute favorite. I'm Scottish, so I mean, oh, I'm you good. know, I'm like one of those Americans that's like I've been here for like 15 generations, but I like to say, oh, I'm Scottish. Yeah, the Scots love yeah, us. Way more exciting, way more exotic. Yeah, <laughs> like so Scottish that her husband wears a kilt for fun and plays the bagpipes and plays the bagpipes. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. wow. Was that was that like when you did your uh, online dating profile? Was that like a must have? Was that <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I'm way too old for online dating. She didn't. She didn't. Oh, ha- she, she didn't have internet when she got uh, married. Yeah, no. No, I remember when internet up. made that screaming noise. <laughs> yeah. well, your voice is very young. So oh, I, you know. thank you. Anyway, enough about us and Molly's obsession with being Scottish. Mm-hmm. So, Alec, you have done two Hallmark movies now. We don't care about your other projects. We won't talk about Cocaine Godmother. Although I um, really, really, really wanted to. I want to tell you that. Fair enough. You know, how, how you went from that to, to Campfire <laughs> Christmas. Um, to being the Christmas prince in I'm versatile. I'm a versatile actor. What can I tell you? (laughs) But no, tell us a little bit about yourself because you've got a pretty unique background. And my understanding is that you also are a teacher as a profession. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I went, I went to university. I got a biochemistry degree. I uh, was sort of a pre-med route and, um, I was itching to get back to acting. Uh, it's just sort of a, something that I really, really wanted to get back to. And so I, that's what I did. I went back and, and cause I acted a lot as a kid, uh, mostly theater production in Brazil then in Chile, then in, then in the United States and, uh, living in Vancouver, you know, Vancouver, they call Hollywood North. There's like so many shows shooting all the time. I was going to, you know, why not? I don't want to spend the rest of my life wondering what if. And so that's, uh, that's what I did. I went back and, uh, in the beginning, I just, I started booking commercials, sort of commercial after commercial. And then. The ball started rolling a bit, you know, and uh, one-liners here, uh, sort of day actor roles here and there. And then all of a sudden, I was offered a lead role in a, in a movie called Planning on Forever, and Hallmark knocked on my door. So that's it. That's my career in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Oh, yeah. And so, right, the other unique thing is, like many actors, I've served and, and bartended for a very long time, but I did have this about chemistry degree. And uh, my other passion, one thing I remembered, I, I loved being a student. Uh, growing up. And so I was like, I could, you know, be a teacher with this degree. So that's what I did. I became a teacher. Uh, so I am a, what they call us the TOC. It's a fancy way of saying a substitute teacher for the Vancouver School Board. And I teach uh, all the science subjects from science eight, nine, 10, 
you know, physics, chemistry, biology, and drama. So that's what I do. And I'm not, uh, not auditioning or on set or doing projects. I, I teach high school and I'll do it as long as I can. Cause I really, really love it. And enjoy it. That's the uniqueness of it. I guess. That's very cool. Teachers are very special people. And I didn't know what age group you taught. So I'd love your perspective on uh, the way that teenagers at camp are portrayed in Campfire Christmas, because I have done camp, summer camps with teenagers, and you spend a lot of time with teenagers. I, I, it was an interesting yeah, portrayal. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's Hallmark, right? So the portrayal, there's, there's, I think there's a happy medium between a Hallmark team portrayal and a Euphoria portrayal. So yeah. somewhere in the middle, it's what high school and teenagers are like. But yeah, it is, it is fictional, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know when I was 17, I loved making uh, <laughs> gingerbread <laughs> summer houses. Yeah, I know. You look, you look like you did. Uh, well, oh I mean, goodness. yeah, uh, you know, I went to a summer camp uh, in Chile when I was like, and I loved it. And uh, it was a very uh, creative name. They call it Sumer Camp. Uh, that's Spanish for summer camp. <laughs> and, um, and it was wild. Uh, you know, being Latin America, there were very little rules. And so, no, we did not behave like the teenagers in the movie we were mm-hmm. up to no good most of the time um as expressing boundaries yeah testing boundaries yeah for sure but the camp crush i think is a real thing i was i was way too shy even through like out high school i didn't you know i, I was always terrified to talk to um uh, girls you know and um so i think they were very confident in themselves which is great but i was definitely not that teenager growing up so you didn't have a camp, you had a camp crush, but you didn't have like a camp kiss like in the movie? No, no, no definitely had a camp crush. Yeah. Yeah. Every year. No, we all did. Mine were Maybe usually. One, one year I was brave enough to tell, to, to talk to them, like say hi, but uh, mm. everyone be on a hi. So that, that's the similarity to your uh, character, Chris. That's true. Right. That's true. But my character, Chris is, is gay and being gay in the early nineties and two thousands would have been real, real tough. So I think that part portrayal of it is is pretty real, right? Like when when uh, Jeffrey's character Beckett talks to um, to Tori's character Peyton, he he brings up like that beautiful line. He says, "You know, I never had those moments because I none of you, no, no one was comfortable with it. Like I couldn't couldn't do any of this." So I don't well, know. Brad I and I both found Beckett's story much more interesting. Well, we, we found Beckett in your story much more interesting. And I was going to say on Twitter, I was I was um, I was refreshing the Twitter mm-hmm. while watching. And it seemed like, uh, the Chris and Beckett was the, uh, the breakout, um, sequel that people were asking for. So who knows? Yeah. I would, lo- I would watch that. Yeah, I would love yeah, that. Yeah. Well, let's make it happen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we, we had a lot of fun doing, doing the Beckett and Chris scenes and, uh, Jeffrey in real life is very much like his character. He's, uh, he was a riot to have on on, on set, and uh, yeah, let's let's make it happen. <laughs> um, we, I mean, I was I didn't know, you know, like Hallmark is very new to telling uh, gay stories, or yeah, you know, um, so I didn't know what kind of response there was going to be. You know, I was a little bit nervous, you know, because you do you do read about it, and 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 I don't know if everyone accepts still to this day in the United States, um, in particular, you know, gay love. You know, I saw a tweet too, and I uh, like one tweet in particular when I was watching, uh, when they're like, I don't know why they're focusing on these two other storylines, get back to the main story. And I was like, okay, well, you're a homophobe, you don't like that. So I don't know, you know, it's, 
it's tough, but at the same time, you know, you do, you do want to like shake them and be like, you know, you live in 2022, you know, like what's going on. Um, but at the same time, if you, if you look at sort of trends and corporate trends and, and pop culture in general, the, the culture is so much more like more ahead than, than what the politics suggests it is. And I think in the end of the day, those people are going to be left behind. And I, and I, and I do believe that's why we're facing so much backlash in terms of, of hatred right now, too, is because they're sort of clinging on to the last remain, remnants of what they had and what they knew. And so they're lashing back. So I don't know. You know, some, sometimes people can change. Um, but a lot of times I can't. So I don't know. I could fight hate with hate, but I, that doesn't work either. So I don't know. Absolutely. But neither does go going higher. But I think ignoring them works the best because then you give them a platform to, to speak out their hate. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Sense. Don't give it any oxygen. Leave, yeah. Right. Ignore it. Yep. Now that the movie's out, mm -hmm. we really expect some behind the scenes. <laughs> Spill the tea or whatever. Spill the tea. Oh, spill the tea. Oh, there you go. There it is, Alex. Spill the tea, bro. Anything fun? What, what, uh, like, what is the most crazy thing that happened on set? Craziest thing that happened on set. Honestly, there wasn't anything crazy that happened on set. Like, we, the actors got along really, really well, you know, and in and, and my acting history, like, I've, I've, I've worked with uh, some several high profile actors, and obviously, I was like, I was going to meet Corbin Blue, and Corbin Blue is like the nicest human ever. The man was like, so humble like it was never like he, he performed in front of eighty thousand people and he's like he was genuinely a caring guy and he like asked me about my sister right who who is uh who just graduated from uh Ryder university and is trying to get into broadway like he just was legitimately interested and was really really enjoyed being there so i don't believe it and it's weird because we all became we all we all had to stay in the same place because we we're shooting in this faraway camp and uh we did really enjoy each other's company Oh, so that was a that was a real it. camp. That was like a real camp. Yeah, it's oh. a real Christian camp uh, on Vancouver Island called uh, Camp Imadine. Interesting. Um, yeah, and you know, at first we were a little bit terrified because they're like, "Oh, you're going to be staying at the actual campground," and uh, you know, Jeffrey was going to have none of that. And so I was like, <laughs> "If Jeffrey's having none of that, I'm going to have none of that." So they put us like <laughs> an hour away in a uh, in a nice hotel, and they picked us up every every day at like five a.m. and we shot like 15, 16 hour days because these movies, they, you know, it's like three weeks of shooting. Yeah. And um, yeah, real camp. It was really cold. It was May in on Vancouver Island and, and the, the average temperature was between 50 to 60 degrees. So that was that was probably like the most miserable part of it all was, you know, rolling. They take off our, our jackets and we had uh, hand warmers tucked in in our armpits and, and, and you know, uh, other nether regions and so on warms up, but yeah. So, so the, uh, when they were dumping water on you, it's 50 degrees in that scene where they're dumping those buckets yeah, of water. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Jeffrey was like, look, you ain't touching my hair. And I was like, okay, I guess you guys can dump it on my head. Luck, you know, they did warm up the water. It was, it was nice and warm and, it, and that, and luckily that was the warmest day we shot, but uh, it was only one take. And, uh, <laughs> it's all you get. Yeah. One take you get once. It's all you get. <laughs> I was slightly disappointed. Hmm. Only because, and we're not talking about Corbin Blue because this is this is all about you, Alec. Um, <laughs> but you know, we were. I was expecting a, a High School Musical performance, <laughs> and you guys hyped that pageant up. It was going to be a gosh darn. Uh, and then it was what two minutes? It was not even it was two 45 minutes. Forty five seconds. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah, 
it was it was short but like we we rehearsed the we re- we rehearsed it a lot we shot different versions of it but i guess in the end you know they have to like mm-hmm. get the movie under an hour and 25 minutes so they can run all <laughs> so the can add, so. yeah they can advertise yeah for real uh but uh yeah no it was we we had a we had a great time doing it and uh I mean, I have a little bit of dancing background. Obviously, Corbin is an amazing dancer, and Tori was. But at, uh, the the rehearsals were were pretty hilarious. You're right. Forty five seconds was a little bit short for for what we expected. But you know, I think I still look good in in, in tights and, and sparkles. So well, there was a lot of sparkle. So much sparkle. I wanted to see more of the competing eighties. I wanted to see yeah, that. No, I wanted to see that show. There 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 was potential for a lot more uh, conversations between Beckett and I for yeah. sure. You know, like how deep does this rivalry go and well, speaking of rivalry. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, we. this is. Yeah. Oh, so must know. Must you know, know. We want to know what sort of prep you put in once you received once you received the offer and you got your script. Uh, yeah. There was a very specific reference that you made when Beckett was uh, quite upset that you were cast as the Christmas Prince. And right. he said you stole his song. That's right. Right. A Maroon 5 song. Mm-hmm. Right. I do, do you re- do you know what that song was? The actual um, song of 2007 by the band Maroon 5? Is it like, Will You Be Loved or something like that? Uh, is that what's the name of the song? Oh, so so you you can't sing that? You you're not, you're not going to no. sing that for us right now. No, I think that'd be an epic audition song. Oh, I, I, definitely I, at a uh, Christmas camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, next time you'll you'll, you'll need to do the, yeah. the deep dive on the background of your character, Chris. Uh, <laughs> what songs? <laughs> what songs he's performing and stealing? Yeah, well, we won't make you know, sing that. My character had no flashbacks, so we'll never know. We'll never know what song he actually performed. Tell the sequel yeah. until the sequel. Well, right. The people are speaking. So <laughs> people we'll are see. speaking. We'll see. That's right. Okay, so we don't need details. Have you auditioned recently for an unnamed Hallmark project of any sort? Yes. Mm. Yes, I, I I probably get a, like a Hallmark audition a week. Oh well, now he's just bragging. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean they they got, they have a lot of movies. They make and, a lot of movies. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I actually just did an audition today, about three hours ago, for a for a Hallmark movie. Well, then we and, definitely uh, see you in the future. So, so you want to be you? You don't want to be a teacher anymore, is what I take. You want to be a hall star. <laughs> you want to be at uh, at Christmas Con and you know selling <laughs> selling your picture for forty dollars, taking pictures with fans, autographs. That what autographs they do? Autographs. They sell them photos for forty bucks. Yeah. Oh minimum. Oh yeah. So what would you? What would be your dream role? on a hallmark if that's even a thing um (laughs) but i feel like the christmas world in hallmark is is the biggie for you know the seasonal people like ourselves that can't stand more than eight weeks of this content um but i mean is there somebody you would like to work with in in this world or a you know a type of story you would like to to tell um you know Speaking from, right, so Hallmark is, is engaging a little bit more of, uh, you know, getting into 2022 a bit. I have yet to see a Hallmark film with, uh, with any Latin American characters. So, you know, and I'm, I'm what they call safe Latino, right? I'm white. 
so see, okay. So you're Scottino. Well, we could. You're a Scottino. Yeah, Scottino, exactly. So that would uh, that would be a, a fun role to be to be a part of, I think. Uh, but you know, it's not. I you know, full full confession is I never really like Hallmark isn't isn't a channel in in Brazil or Chile. So I never really grew up watching Hallmark. And I didn't really understand the, the fandom until I met my my partner's mom is a huge Hallmark fan. Mm. Uh, so if if I get to be part of movies that make people like my partner's mom happy, then that makes me happy. You know, I don't know. Yeah. In the end of the day, I'm still, still it's still acting like most until up to this point, almost all the actors I've met are pretty pretty wonderful people. And you know, I'll do those projects, and then I'll go do some indie play uh, that you know, 300 people will see in Vancouver just to, <laughs> to fill your soul. Yeah. To feed your soul. <laughs> well, and so. I mean, and the people that would, would say that it's not real acting are the people that wish they were in Hallmark movies, but they can't get a gig or an interview or a audition. Right. I mean, right. It's acting. Yeah. It's, it's working yeah, acting. Yeah. It's wonderful. So congratulations. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of your work, it seems like a lot of your work has been during the pandemic. Is that true? Yeah, it looks like yeah, a lot so of it. Right, yeah, right after the pandemic. That's right. Yeah, I just, uh, but I, I've been sort of knocking on the door for a very long time. And, and I don't remember, remember in, um, in like 2000, when I, when I went back, it was like 2012, 2015. I had an agent that was like, uh, um, why don't you use your middle name? Why don't you say just Alec Davin? You know, the, the execs at Hallmark see your last name Santos and they freak out. So mm. uh, um, that was before the new direction they're in. So, you know, they hired a guy with the last name Santos. Fuck yeah, Alex Santos. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Alec, what is what can you share with us? What's next? What's what projects do you have? I don't want this NDA poo poo. Where can our our fans see you next? Um, we'll watch for you. <laughs> I can't. I don't know. I can't tell you that yet. I'm uh, I'm on hold for a project, but. Uh, I don't know. Well, hopefully, what, hopefully something exciting soon. Well, can you tell us what kind of project? A movie, um, a TV show? Yeah, it's a TV show. I'm on hold for a, uh, a TV show. So awesome. Like a pilot. I hope you know. I hope I'm I'm able to go back and forth between the two worlds. My last question for you: mm-hmm. You are now, like I said, you're now part of this world. Yeah. What is your self-proclaimed fan base name? It's up to you before somebody yeah, else. But it's one of those things like I can't come up with my own nickname. You know what I mean? Like that's not okay. Okay. All right. Okay, all right. So, so let's, here let's, yeah, let's we've got a minute and 50 this. seconds to do this. Okay. I'm terrible at this. You're great at it. Brad. Alec Santos. 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 We need Jeopardy music. We're not, we'll, we'll, we're not that creative. You know what? We'll come out with it on yeah. IG. It'll, it'll yeah. be on our IG. We'll just put it out there and see what people say. Yeah. See if, it, we'll see, if we, see if it'll catch, catch on. Yeah. Well, a lot better than my... So in, in Brazil, when you grow up, everyone gives you nicknames and then you just go by your nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they call you and you're not really upset by it. So I, it, my head was about the same size when I was 12 years old, uh, but my body was about two, two feet short. So my nickname was Cabeção, which translates to big head. So, you know, uh, not could, putting that out that there. It could, be, it could be worse. Oh, it could be worse. It's true, but but yeah. it wouldn't be you. It would be the fans that yeah. like you. So that it could be the big heads. It could the be big the big heads. heads. Big heads. Yeah. Or the Aleckies. Oh, Aleckies. Yeah. Ooh, that's actually really good. Aleckies. I like Aleckies. That. So Aleckie. Yeah. That's how. That's how my name would be. Because Alec is a Scottish name, and Graham Brazil. The name Alec. Everyone's like, 
<laughs> We're just going to call him Big Head. I like you. I like you. I like you. I like you. Anyway, Alex Santos, thank you so much. Where can people follow you on social media? Find out more about you. Uh, the Graham, Alec Davin Santos. Yeah, it's, uh, Always nah, the Graham. Nah, I was on Twitter, I live Twitter yesterday for the first time in my life. So, uh. <laughs> Well, Alec, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we hope to see you in a future Hallmark movie. And until next time. Thank you. Goodbye.